Hi, I'm Mary. Hi, I'm Meredith. <laughs> We're so folksy today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Okay, guys. We have our dear friend that we've known for a hundred years. Morgan Enos. Yes. Morgan Enos. We've recorded a few episodes with him that have all just like we weren't on top of when we were going to release stuff, basically. And so they got dated, like literally going back to like 2019, maybe we've been recording with him. 2020? I think sooner than that. I think it was even earlier than 2019, to be honest. He was our first ever guest. We haven't released anything with him yet, but we finally are going to release this one. Mm -hmm. Because we are all about the interviews now, and we're good at them. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Heck yeah. Just going to say that. (laughs) Also, we really wanted to chat about Cousin, and why not record it? You know what I mean? So this is going to have the spirit for you folks of just some friends yakking. That was his request, and we're honoring it, and you're going to like it. Yes. Okay, let's get into it. Here is Morgan. Hey, Morgan. Hey, Hey, Meredith. Hey, Mary. I've known you both a very long time. Yes, you have. It's true. You have. And this is my eighth appearance on the podcast. (laughs) But that's also kind of true. Sadly, is it the first actual release though? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I don't, All the yeah, other I, episodes got dated too fast. Yeah, exactly. And uh, much smarter people than I have uh, usurped me in the Woco Wars. You know what it what it is? It's nothing personal about your past appearances. It's that I have gotten uh, better at knowing what to record and how to record. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I know. There have been like interviews that have just sat for like eight months and I start getting anxious. It happens, it happens, like, life just happens in the, the churn. Yeah. So what would you like to talk about? Okay, Morgan, this is a Wilco podcast, as you know, and you're a journalist for Grammy.com, Recording yep. Academy, as it's more formally known. You, you have to tell the people. You have to tell the people. <clears throat> the people need to know. I'm slapping my hands together for emphasis. They need to know about when you went to the loft, A. Again? I told that story already. But it's not going to be released in that form, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> you're going you're gonna to trim it down. You're going to get it concise. You're going to get all the best beats, all the best okay. bits about your loft journey. Um, unless you want me to just edit that other one in and have it. No, it's okay. Different um, insane. But I hit, pu- I hit. It was so long ago. I hit puberty after that, so my voice right. is different. My voice is different. That's right. Um, no, um, I don't think my Wilco origin story is more interesting than anybody else's. But I have had some interesting confluences. Yeah, I'm not asking you about your Wilco origin story. <laughs> okay, okay. All <laughs> I'm right, asking so- about the the dirt. I want to know the dirt, loft, and I want to know. You interviewed them, like, not long ago at all. We even put a link to your article, or, like, um, we posted about your article, where you interviewed them for Grammy.com. I unfortunately I did not. Cruel Country. I never interviewed the band. I interviewed Jeff once for well, about Cruel Country. Oh, okay. That's yeah. very different. Oh, and then, not um, interested anymore, Morgan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, my day job is at Gra- as the staff writer at Grammy.com. We're a small but mighty team. Most people don't know the Recording Academy has an editorial site. Well, it does. And uh, <laughs> a lot of the stuff you see on there is passed by my desk or um, I directly produced it. But yeah, so um, I've loved Wilco forever. I uh, my, my wife, Brenna Ehrlich, Enos, who is now the chief research editor at Rolling Stone. At the time, she was uh, the director of Indian Rock. I believe that's the, that was the title at uh, at Title, the uh, streaming service. And she did a lot of video content. And um, around the time of wa- that Warm came out, so this is probably late. It was 2019. I forget if it was earlier or late, but it was very cold outside. But um, we we ended up going to uh, the loft with a camera crew. Um, 
and it was incredibly nervous so she could interview uh jeff and um my my uh, i remember who's the manager at the office his name tom Tom is the engineer. Mark Greenberg is the manager. And we interviewed him on the podcast. He's delightful. Awesome. Yeah, I remember Tom was there. We were just chatting and on this big elevator. Um, like like one of those giant elevators on, like on chains that lifts a bunch of equipment up. And they said, and these, I remember Tom saying, oh, Jeff won't be here for a few hours. Then we get up to the top. The door opens. And there's Jeff uh, with the Star Wars cat painting behind him. And he's just grinning ear to ear with his little guitar. And uh, I, my brain exploded everywhere. Um, I just, my job is just one scenario, one uh, situation after another where my record collection comes to life and I'm interacting with those I never thought I'd interact with in a thousand years. That was just one of those really special moments. It was a great interview. He sang uh, the song Don't Forget, which is a really special song to just us and the camera, just, just the camera crew and me and Brenna. Um, and the publicist, <clears throat> the loft is incredible. It's everything you could imagine and more. It's, it's like a museum. It's like a, it's, it's, it kind of outstrips lightning Joe's, uh, the, uh, for those who aren't on the central coast, the, uh, guitar emporium that we all grew up on. Guitar heaven, actually. Guitar heaven. Yeah. No. So there was that, that was, I like left shaking. Morgan. What? Mary and I have also kind of sort of been to the loft now as well. Oh, when, when did you go to the loft? No. Um, at the end of Mark's interview, he walked us around. Um, nice. Camera. It was really sweet. We didn't ask him to at all. He was just like, let me see what I can show you. He just been there on Zoom. He just walked us around the loft. That's awesome. What was your favorite? Showed us what, was your, what was your favorite part? Was it all the... Uh, the uh, uh, portable tuners that are just turned on all the time that festoon the walls. Like, so you could just tune your guitar from any angle. That's pretty amazing. He showed us the, the what is it, Cabinet of Wonders or something like that. He has people sign different little random objects when they come to the loft to visit. And so I think he showed us that, right, Mary? He yeah, it a lot. I think he went over and was like, look, it's the ham that's about to explode and the like paprika that michelle's honor signed or different and he things. showed us like apparently the bases and like some other yeah he I definitely showed us the bases for mary she was like here so, you go mary i'm gonna blow your mind right now that must have been so awesome as a fan um did you hear <laughs> that the neighbor the neighbors do not care about this band like the neighbors <laughs> at the loft like they just don't care at all that's it means nothing it means nothing to them so yeah i mean that's that that's it in a nutshell um i unexpectedly interviewed jeff um over the phone about cruel country they, they don't really follow a uh, traditional release cycle so it was much later but uh that was super cool um i don't think you remembered me that's okay um uh, what, yeah yeah it's it's okay um no he was he was great um then what happened and most recently uh, if one were to Google Grammy.com songbook Wilco, they'll, they'll find my uh, full discography breakdown. Well, most of the discography, the core discography, not Mermaid Avenue or anything, but um, I broke all that down. So if you want my take on the whole catalog, go find that. Perfect. See, you wouldn't have been able to have said like two thirds of that in the previous. Yeah, exactly. I would have just, just droned on and on. Yeah, and you kept it tight, yep. and now it's my it's my tight five. It's your tight five. It's um. It was actually Morgan's request that we not do this super interview style because I think <coughs> it's fair to say you're burnout on traditional interview style. Is that I'm also ju- I'm also just bad at being interviewed because I interview day in and day out. Like I'm interviewing Mark. I'm interviewing Mark. I interview who did I interview today? Joey Alexander, the young jazz pianist. And tomorrow I'm interviewing Mark Ribo. I interview every single day. Sometimes up to like five or six. So I'm good at that. But when I'm on the other. I'm on the other end of it, I clam up, but you guys are my li- lifelong friends, so 
Let's just chit, let's just chit chat about it. What was your first impression? I'll interview you. I'll interview you. You always do that. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Morgan's coming on. In the past attempts that we've done, he's turned the tables and essentially interviewed yeah. us. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you ever heard Jim Gaffigan on Conan's podcast, but he's done that a time or two where he just like flips it and asks Conan questions. It's all it's all it's all I know to do. I won't I won't I won't expressly do that, but uh just I'll just open the floor. What'd you guys think of Cousin when you first heard it? I'm gonna let you go first, Mary. Okay. Um it's not my favorite album that they've put out for sure. I think it it's one of those albums that I need a bit more time with. I, I told Meredith and Morgan off mic earlier that I tend to kind of need time with every new piece of music I listen to. I tend to be very much comfortable with music I know and I need time with new music, even if it's from my favorite artists like Wilco. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple tracks that I really loved. Um, Pittsburgh was one, and the other one was like a longer name. A Bowl and a Pudding. A Bowl and a Pudding. I really like those two tracks. Um, but as a record, I I'm, I couldn't help but compare it to how much I love Cruel Country and definitely loving Cruel Country more than this record right now. But I think yeah. it's solid, and I like the... I like the kind of new voice with um, Kate LeBon. Uh, I think it's it's interesting, and I'm glad that they kind of switched up from their last few records of not having a producer to having a producer because I think that <clears throat> just is something different for them from recent times. And uh, yeah, it's just something I need to sit with it longer. I think it yeah. maybe in a year I'll. You'll love have it. a totally yeah. different opinion about it. Yeah, there's certainly some tracks on Cruel Country that can't be beat um, by almost anything here. Um, Tonight's the Day is incredible, mm-hmm. and so is uh, The Universe. I love those songs so much. Oh but, my gosh, um, The Universe is just like... Yeah, it's a gobsmacking it, song. And uh, Many Worlds, that's the yeah. one that... Yeah, I was just thinking today that uh, being a Wilco fan is kind of a... And I don't mean this in a negative way, it's just the way it is, because you know fans get older and happier and blah 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 and i i i totally agree with everything jeff said about how like suffering doesn't make great art suffering you know you, you can make great art in spite of it it's you know blah 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 he's talked about that my a lot. favorite quote from jeff yeah and i don't ever want to be like dismissive of of that sentiment or anything because i completely agree with it but um being a vocal fan today is kind of a mix of comfort and my very mild disappointment <laughs> like and i don't mean disappointment in the sense the music's not good I, I don't think they've ever made a bad record, including AM. I think it's all very good uh, as a as a base level. But um, we ha- we have spent twenty years wanting them to truly let their hair down, and they will only sixty one percent do it, maybe sixty eight percent do it. But that's the thrill of the chase. We th- like we get a song like Infinite Surprise or Pittsburgh, where it's borderline Yankee Hotel in places. But oh yeah, not, but never, but never fully. You know, that's just not what they. That's not their mo, and and I don't think they um, are obligated to do that for us. But uh, you know, I, I remember hearing kicking television and thinking, "Here we go, we're gonna get this like beast of a of a iteration of Wilco. It's gonna be television meets The Grateful Dead meets uh, um, Sonic Youth meets. It's just gonna be like this hydra headed guitar monster." it meets can or something. And then they made sky blue sky. And then we've been, and then, you know, <clears throat> I got well, a very, sorry. No, I got go a ahead. very sky blue sky vibe from this record. And I don't know what it is. Which is funny in a way. Because, yeah. Yeah. Just maybe like, there's like a safeness to it. It feels safe in a way that's like sky blue sky is just very like, it's a very cut and dry record. I love Sky Blue Sky, by the way. It's it's it aged, like it I was my it, first Wilco record. I think it but, aged rather well. Yes, exactly. So I don't it, think it's his greatest songs or anything, but it aged well. Exactly, exactly. So that's like <laughs> the feeling this record gives me is Sky Blue Sky. And there's a couple particular tracks that I just think you could have picked right out of Sky Blue Sky. They could have been written at the same time. Which is so funny you say that because um, Cat Laban, um 
steered them away from living, uh, sorry, from recording live together in the room. And um, that's what Sky Blue Sky was. This one has a kind of a cool, Cousin has kind of a cool feeling because the fact that they just o- overdub on top of each other gives it kind of an unreal, like, plasticine feeling, which is very cool. I think it's an appealing kind of vibe. And it takes them away from the cruel country, kind of like live in the room, like band in the room, a night with the band kind of kind of feeling. Um, Sky Blue said, yeah. Um, also, mm, go on. It's just, it's so interesting to me that you make that comparison, which I'm starting to see as I sort of chew on that impression of it. But for me, I felt like so certain that it sits somewhere between Ode to Joy and Cruel Country as far as experimentation versus straight up rock folk kind of treatment of um as far as the instrumentation and stuff like that or no not between that the ode to joy sits between okay let me rephrase my impression is i feel like there are certain extremes i feel like you've got cruel country on the more analog um sort of guitar rock band you know straightforward sort of situation more lyrical for sure, like the his vocals are way more forward in the mix. And then I feel like on the other end of that, you've got Cousin, which is very textural. The yeah, lyrics are more, yeah, the lyrics are more buried. And you've got a lot more experimentation going on at very small levels, as well as sort of the bigger. Um, I feel like the percussion has a lot going on with it that's that's sort of in your face, like the song Cousin, in my mind, I was like, this is a slappy song. Not in like, like a this song slap sort of sense, but it really just sounds like like the whole time. <laughs> like, like you're being slapped in your mm-hmm. ears. And I liked it. Very, tact- very tactile, thanks to Glenn. It's a tactile album. But then um, I feel like I had that impression listening to Ode to Joy, too, where I felt like it had kind of the band element, the, like, you know, playing instruments and you're getting really the sounds of the instruments sounding more organic. But then you've got some of the things like Larry Crane talked about, talked to us about Glenn doing that drum overdub that makes it sound like this big whoosh kind of mm-hmm. sound and Michael Jorgensen doing some kind of off the wall synth stuff. You had those elements and it's just interesting how sonically that album to me sits between Cousin and Cruel Country. Ode to Joy and Star Wars are my two favorite Wilco albums since A Ghost is Born. They're really good. And then like Cruel Country right after that. Ode to Joy is a really special album. I feel like most people slept on it. And I, lo- I love Glenn's approach on that, as you as you mentioned. It's like he he's he doesn't do much except the death march, like the shoo, shoo. It's super cool. Yeah, yeah, Beautiful really. Songs. You can hear the fingers on the strings a lot on "Ode to Joy," which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, we talked a lot about that because we did not sleep on "Ode to Joy," and we we went track by track through "Ode to Joy," which Hell we yeah. bring up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's yeah it is it's cousin is i mean well another thing i wanted to mention is that and one of the reasons that mary you, you i i feel the same way we you have to spend time with it Wilco has become a very subconscious band and a very subtle band nothing they, they, there aren't like big singles that jump out at you anymore really it's it's uh it's sort of i agree th- th- there's an there's an because partly due to the production choices like um jeff he, i remember him telling me the loft that uh because well, we all know about his scratch vocals where he's like trying to like see what the song wants you know the it's right. just vowels and then the vowels become words he bar did i tell you about that he buries those underneath so it's just kind yeah. of this so there is this subconscious element and then it slowly and his voice is so laid back and kind of lazy in a good way and like wooly and it just kind of envelops you at first it like songs like a bull and a pudding or cousin i just like oh did that did i hear that song did it I feel like I just missed the entire song, but then right. you, because it, it can just kind of breeze by you at this point. He's, he's really letting the band, and I looked up the lyrics on genius. There aren't, a, it's not very lyric driven. 
No, um, no, it, I get that sense too. It really yeah. doesn't feel very lyric driven at all. I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of cool though. Um, beautiful lyrics. The lyrics to Levy are incredible. Um, oh yeah. I love that song. I actually don't dislike any of the songs at all. I just, I, I, I needed to wait for it to make more of an impact. And that's what Levy did. Like that, like that, that constant, like cascading those, I think Sansone is playing a lot more guitar um, lately. I don't know if it's him or Nels or whatever, but um, it's just, it's constantly yeah. just on this wheel. Like, and to say something like, I love to take my meds, like my doctor said, like who has ever said that in a song, but Jeff, and he's done that time and time again, like things you, we don't usually hear sung. Yeah. I love that. I, and sunlight you know ends is funny? cool. I went, uh, you know, it's funny. I actually, I have a, I have a song that I wrote not that long ago where in the chorus I say, are the meds kicking in or have I found something? I like that. <laughs> so I was like, Hey, we're both singing about meds over here. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if he's on, um, you know, a citalopram like I am, but I'm on a citalopram too. Or whatever. I'm on oh. 20 milligrams. I'm on 20 milligrams of that stuff. Oh, um, 10. Yeah. Um, it's also funny. Um, it's also funny that this was kind of marketed as like a left turn or an, a sort of alien release. Cause yes, it does have those moments like on Pittsburgh and sunlight ends and cousin and uh, infinite surprise, but it's really not that at all at the same time. Like it's, it's a level of experimentation that kind of always um, embraced or engendered. It's like, it's like a comfort. It's like, how do I, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's, yeah, yeah. it is odd at times, but it's an oddness we're used to. It's a, it's a baseline oddness, mm. a baseline you know, level of ultra. It's interesting that you say that because I feel like, like, as I was listening to it, the last new music that I took in was Bird Machine by Sparkle Horse. So oh, how's and, that? Is that, is that the posthumous Linkus yes. level? Yeah. Yeah. How is it? I I mean I'm a big fan, so I loved it. And and it's kind of what you're talking about, like it's experimental, but it's familiar. That's the thing. I feel like I've been listening to that or drawn to that level of experimental music for a very long time. And where it's just kind of subtly experimental. It's not full on noise. It's just, it's yeah. going to have some little weird sounds or little weird textures or little buried hooks that are just going to grab you and yep. make you happy for a second. Like, I feel like that is sort of the same, um, the same approach that Sparkle Horse has too or that Definitely. the same little thing that draws me to sparkle horse draws me into this album in the exact same way where immediately like i think unlike the two of you first listen through cousin i was like oh my god this is doing this is hitting all these little buttons i'm a very bass animal as far as melody and there's yep. so many little hooks in this and little mostly instrumental not it's not a super virtuosic album for Jeff as far as vocals. Uh, the first song, it's really cool. It has him going, you know, through his entire range in Infinite mm -hmm. Surprise, which I thought was awesome. But the rest of the album, he's not really stretching anything. No. Um, but all those little, little melodic additions throughout the album just really grabbed me. I really responded to that. And I really respond to subtle levels of experimentation throughout a song or introducing something new they yep. say in, in podcasting or storytelling that or even in music like give them something new every 15 seconds a mm. new thought or a new um a new melodic idea or something like that and i feel like they're really adhering to that principle <laughs> yeah they're, they're all so good they're all such virtuosos that they're not gonna make a boring song with nothing to grab onto they're just they're 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 beyond that um it's kind of funny the song evicted which i kind of mentioned to you guys earlier um i don't feel like we need any more welcome songs like that it's not a bad song there's nothing wrong with it at all it's catchy like i actually had it stuck in my head all day but like 
Pope, like Schmilko and Onward, we have so many Wilco songs that are like acoustic guitar, kind of chuggy, and then like a little, like there are a trillion Wilco songs. It's kind of their default. And even though there's only one song really like that, I feel like it's it's one too many. It's like, it's superfluous. Like it's, it's you know what I mean? So that that kind of that, that song kind of bugs me because I just I've heard so many like it at this point and they made it the sing that's the advanced single it's like okay this could have been on the last six yeah I feel like the single kind of threw me off on this record as well I I tend to actually avoid listening to singles before a record comes out really I can't I can't resist I just I don't. I don't know what it is. I think it's my it goes back to my resistance of listening to new music. I'm sure that's what it is. Um, but the yeah, I kind of I regret listening to the singles for this record. Were there yeah. one or two? Uh, Wasn't two. it cousin and um, yeah, cousin, cousin as well. Cousin's a very cool song. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So yeah. I think I think I just I think I listened to cousin and I don't think I listened to evicted, but. Yeah, with this record, I regret listening to the singles because I think it gave me a totally different idea of what this record was going to be. And then it's taken me a while to like adjust my brain. Right. And remember what it actually is. Remember how the advanced single to Cruel Country was uh, um, falling apart right now, which is like a goofy honky tonk song. We thought, yeah. And based on the press release, we thought it was going to be all like that. Then, like, there was like one or two others like that. And then you got stuff like, uh, what? Oh, Wilco just loves to like mess with us with their press yeah, releases. For, That's their favorite. Yeah, for sure. Too. Then you get like the empty condor and um, uh, bird without a tail based in my school, like not country even a little bit. Um, yeah. Slept on, cruel country. Slept on as well. Very slept um, on. And actually, you know who said that? Spencer. Really? The yeah. Cruel country? Spencer said that cruel country was very slept on. It's a fantastic record. And yeah. maybe we'll th- maybe we'll think cousin is fantastic as well. Maybe because I don't know. As because we, I as already do. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're a bigger fan of cousin than Mary is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sorry like, I'm not that not a fan of cousin. I just. It's too new. I need, you got to. I need time. Yeah, I need exactly. Time. I'm um, just not. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. For me, like I definitely need time with a lot of albums for whatever reason. Um. You guys have listened a few times. I was super busy this weekend, so I've only had one complete playthrough, and I freaking love it. I'm so excited, and I don't know if it's maybe my own. Well, like I said, it hits a lot of my a lot of my little buttons. Yeah. Oh, there's a weird sound here and there. Love it, eating it up. There's you know a lot of melody going on. A lot of yeah. these little melodic hooks that make me feel something that make my heart kind of do a swoon yes i am there love it into it kevin loves the last two tracks the most kevin my partner who's also our friend um he like asked me when i was listening to the album he's like and you got to the last two songs right because he's like obsessed with them he loves them and right soldier boy and or soldier child and um meant to be mm-hmm. those, those are actually the songs that have had the least impact on me so far that's really? interesting yeah I think meant to be is interesting because it's kind of it strikes me as a like replacement slash cranberries sort of thing yeah. um, that's how it sort of feels that like it's like a cross-pollination of are those influences almost are you are either are that are either of you familiar with cat Laban's music i've never heard it yeah yeah um sh- so that was something too. I, maybe my expectations for this record of Wilco's were based on my impression of Pompeii, which was her last album. And it's very, there are like several songs on it that are very horns heavy. I think that she might play them, um, but she's, there's a lot of there are a lot of horns on that thing and frankly horns are a lot for me and so a lot of people that I know were seeing her on that tour and absolutely obsessed with that record and I was like you know I don't know that it's quite doing it for me I might need more listens and that might still be true I might need more listens to Pompeii but I sort of expected 
maybe more of that, which is unfair because that's not what she's always done. But you just got like a touch of it on mm. Infinite Surprise and it was the most tasteful thing. And then it just, I don't know. Um, that was maybe why I responded the way that I did to it. And then it just sounded like play to me. Anyone else familiar with, is it Kate or Cat? We're gonna. Cat, as far as I know. Because it's C A T E. You like uh, Mark. Uh, what is it, Mark? From the loft? Mark Greenberg, yeah. Yeah, Mark. I feel like he was saying Kate, but maybe... Yeah, he was saying... She, it might be... Well, some people who are named Catherine or... They go by Cat or Kate, so it might be interchangeable. Well, but I think it's spelled Cat. It's spelled C-A-T-E. Um, oh, it is C-A-T-E. Yeah, and that okay. E at the end, as my kids would have told you when they were learning their you know, spelling years ago, the E taps the A on the head and makes it say its name. Okay. Well, you see, you see. Okay. Okay. Jeff, Jeff had a quote about Kate slash Kat Laban. Uh, that's germane to a podcast run by two women. He said, um, it's on their Wikipedia. He said there, there quote, there aren't a whole lot of white male rock groups that feel vibrant in any way to me. I don't know what they're singing about. I don't know what they're angry about. I don't know what they care about other than maintaining and protecting their status. And I don't want that to be the way Wilco looks at itself. It felt really right to ask a woman to produce a record for us because it was an honest way to surrender some of those assumptions. Like personally, I can't, I'd, lo I'd love to get your read on that. I can't really speak to the latter half, the latter half of that, but I found that to be, it's funny because he sounds like I just went to like four hardcore shows in the city in a row. And he sounds like an old hardcore scene head when he says that, like they're maintaining and protecting their stand. I imagine we're wearing like uh, printed shorts with a dragon on it or something. But um, that's true. Um, I find that to be true in the current way of the guitar music that, um, sorry, somebody gunned a motorcycle. Um, yeah, it's, it, you're not get it's, it's like a hollow shell. It's just like we are for the sake of ourselves and for our, um, we are for the sake of our own place in the pecking order. I don't know. What what, what do you think of that quote? Either okay. I, I have a lot of feelings about it just because I think that might also be coloring my experience with this record. I have learned everything I know about audio engineering through women-led organizations. So Women's Audio Mission, Omni Sound Project, private lessons through Dank Studios and Mix Like a Girl, which is out of Columbia, all these um, amazing groups. I've blogged for Sound Girls and every, and I follow We Are Moving the Needle, which is one of the efforts to try to promote gender equality in sort of the behind the mic um, music production roles. And um, so audio engineering, all of that stuff, the, the representation is just so dismal for women and non-binary folks in music in general, like as performers too, but in the, the technical aspects, it's really, really low. It's getting better, but it's really, really low. Mm -hmm. And um, they've traditionally... Um, Female producers have received way fewer accolades. All the things is just this this area of the industry where women are not recognized and not given opportunities because of the way that you know internships and all these things have sort of persisted. And so, for me to see Wilco sort of speaking to that and acknowledging that in their way. And hiring a woman to produce their album, I felt like that was a really important gesture to show people that it it's not hard to hire women, you know, because yeah, they're, 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 they're around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People will say like, oh, we can't find anyone or like, we don't know anyone. And it's just because people women haven't had the same opportunities to establish themselves. And so people aren't familiar. They don't know. And, um, and for Wilco to 
you know, go that route, I think was a really powerful thing. And I just, I love it. I was just so excited. Thoughts, Mary? Since this is my podcast now. <laughs> it is, Martin. Um, So, I don't know. My mind just doesn't always go there. It's not something I constantly think about, to be honest. Um, just, I just, you know, Kate LeBon is producing local record. Great. I wasn't necessarily thinking, like, that it was a conscious decision because she was a woman. They hired her. So, and I have, I just, I just don't even really read stuff about, like, what Jeff Tweedy says about making their records either. Or at least I haven't had a chance to yet. So I I didn't, I didn't know about that quote. Um but yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe it's because I don't actively work in audio or one of those fields that, and I've just always been a woman in music and I just kind of think of it as being a person in music and I'm not really like, I don't know. It's, it's just not something that is on the top of my brain. So I think it's great if they had picked another producer that wasn't a woman, I probably wouldn't have thought much of it either yeah too much i'm just that that's just the way my brain is um but i uh i appreciate it that's for sure and i think it's great and i think um i think that they the fact that they picked an experienced good producer that has a track record and has been in the industry for a long time i think that's wonderful yeah, it's definitely not just that she's a woman. She has a really unique voice as a producer. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've, like I said, listening to Pompeii and listening to some of her other work, it's like, oh, this is a person who has an aesthetic and has a command of what you can do with instruments in the studio. And so for them, and she's also, she's produced other acts too. And so for them to pick up on that and say like, you know, this is the person that we want to work with. For a lot of people, it might not occur to them. They're given a list of these are the producers, these are the top producers, these are the good producers. And because of all sorts of factors that are often invisible, they just, it's men on that list, you know? For sure. Women get. I feel like Wilco. A lot of things, including things that aren't just that aren't discrimination. It's just systemic. Like you had a baby, or you know, you had to had to go another route for the sake of security, or had to avoid a toxic space because you had an awful experience. I think it's. It's interesting, too, because this is the first time Wilco's used a producer in quite some time. I don't know the last time they actually were beholden to a producer on a record. Was it pretty maybe... Sh- pretty sure it's Sky Blue Sky. Let me check. Sky Blue Sky. That's what I was going to... That's what I was thinking. But, but who would even be the producer? It's odd. Um, no, it says producer Wilco. Hmm. Then somebody named Jim was Scott co-produced... Was it Jim Scott? O'Rourke? For what? For um, didn't he do Ghost is Born? Yep, yeah, you're right. Um, and then Tom Schick is a producer in the whole. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter which, what the last one was. But it, it has been some time. Yeah. Because you were. Because you know, we talked about how like they haven't used a producer in a long time because they want their voice to come through on their own music. And I do think it's interesting that they, I think really, I'm sure the main reason they picked Kate LeBon is that she has a very unique voice. Right. And she's she's in that experimental realm. And not a lot of producers could come into Wilco's music and make it more unique or make it different, you know? So I, I think, I'm sure that at the top of their minds was this is a, someone that could come in and help us create something fresh Mm -hmm. and interesting because she creates fresh and interesting music. Yeah, definitely. It was a, I really appreciate that. It was a candy choice. 
trying to think of any other immediate thoughts. Why don't we, um, cause I'm, I'm going to have to eat dinner. Um, <laughs> why don't we, uh, go through maybe favorite track, least favorite track? How would you okay. organize it? My favorite track is Levy. My least favorite track is Evicted. Oh. All right. Mary? My favorite track is Pittsburgh, and I can't even tell you what my least favorite track is because I really only like Pittsburgh and um, what was the other one? Bowl and a Pudding. A, a Bowl and a Pudding. Those are the only ones that I even liked enough to remember the names of so far, but I feel like probably Cousin or one of the singles is my least favorite because I neither of those grabbed me. And Meredith, we went, since you're since you're over the moon about it, we won't force you to pick this one you don't like if you like all of it. I, you know, I think it would be least favorite would probably be evicted by a very small margin. Right, it's not a bad song and, at all. It's just it's just too familiar. Yeah, it's because it's too familiar and because maybe I'm excited by everything else way more at this point. And I think favorite, I might go infinite surprise. That's a great song. Very cool. so I, I love the I love the ending with like the it sounds like fireworks. It's beautiful. It's so good. I love the way that he stretches his range. I love the little sort of clock sound, the ticking talk sound, the ticking clock sound that goes all through it. Um, it reminds me of the song "Magnetized" from Star Wars, which yeah. is so, such an incredible song. Yeah. And I think that the vocal melody on that one is actually really lovely too. It's not just the, leaning on the licks so much. It's the vocal melody that's really making that one what it is. Yep. Yep. I think that's really all I can say about Cousins so far. I'm, I'm planning to keep listening. And really, it's just great having Will. I, I know I was like slightly critical earlier, but I didn't mean it in any bad spirit because it's really as comforting to have them around every time they. Yeah. I see that announcement. It's 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 so nice. I, 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 and while <clears throat> their days of truly ripping about the rule book are long past, I like to see the way they the ways they subtly rewrite their own or yeah. like re encode their their own DNA or something or show us just a little glint, just another side of it. Like Ode to Joy is super austere and Star Wars is super high BPM, high energy. Um, Schmilko is like the ugly duckling acoustic. It's like a, it's like an acoustic album without without any of the trappings of the acoustic the acoustic album archetype because it's uh, it's so ugly and weird and lumpy, which is super cool. Not not a major Wilco album at all, but I I do like that one. And um, and then yeah, it's they they do successfully change it up, which is what makes a single like Evicted stick out as being a little too much of a softball because they, they really do they, they have a healthy metabolism to so to hear them repeat themselves is actually kind of like cock, makes me cock my ear a little bit like uh, any any criticism that they don't go as far as they could uh, should be um counterweighed by the fact that they do remain restless and they do remain hungry to do something new and without cat Laban, this could have been like a cruel country bonus disc maybe maybe they you know it, they could have re re resorted to uh, old habits yeah, just recorded live in the studio. I think that Mark told us when he was a guest on this podcast that they had all Jeff had all of the songs written when they made Cruel Country. Yeah, I remember so, hearing that. Yeah. This was the album they planned to make pre pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And then um let's see. Oh, I can't let this podcast end without saying how much I love the cover art. It's and, beautiful. The frozen bouquet. Oh God, like that artist, I would see an exhibit by that artist. It's really I great. Look up that artist right now. Yeah. Because awesome. I want to edit me saying that artist's name into the podcast. Great. It's it's a it's a band, it's a catalog of great cover art when you think about it. Like the, the oh yeah, they care so much. Mary and I have talked about that a lot. Jeff's dad's radio on the cover of AM, like the yeah. arm with the guitar and being there, um, the like vo Voyage to the Moon image and summer. It's all good. Like a Ghost is Born is one of the greatest album covers I've ever seen in my life. 
Yeah. And just the fact that they have like those unique posters for every show, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't oh, think yeah. a lot of bands do that anymore. They actually have like a different artist do every show poster. So that's, they definitely put a lot of effort into like their visual uh, yep. side of things, merch and all that. And you know what? If they don't, if if they only take the experimentation of sixty one to sixty eight percent each time, it's it's a testament to the fact that they're virtuosos. But don't let it don't let it show. That's very very admirable. They let it. It's controlled chaos. They let it fly off the handle in a very controlled way. And you know, while that's not the most explosive, exciting, visceral thing in the world, it's it's super cool, super mature. And uh, who knows where they'll go from here? Like if they if yeah. they. If they play it safe, I'll still listen. I'll always yeah. love Woka. But they, you, you just know that they're never going to be one of those bands that kind of like lives in their heyday forever. They're not, they're, they know that they have to evolve over yep. time. And I, that's just one thing that I think makes them endure so well. I'm pretty sure the 30th, their 30th anniversary is coming up. I think wow. they formed well, in I'm turning 30. Right. I'm turning 30 well, next though. year, and I was born in 1994, so Wilco's turning 30. Yep. That's how yep. I keep track. Yeah, so did the, did you guys see the um, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot anniversary? Did that even come to the West Coast? That was incredible. No, I think it was just a sort of, well, East maybe it did, but I didn't get to go. Um, it was awesome. The artist, the artist who did the Frozen Flowers is Azuma Makoto, by the way. Cool. Um, I'll see yeah. if she has an Instagram or whatever. He, she. Makoto. I'm going to just edit me saying that back where I was talking about it. But um, here's this is fun and interesting right here. I'm looking at the personnel tab of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So Jeff did some of the packaging design and additional production. Then we've got um, Bob Ludwig who just retired, mastered this. He did? I believe he did. Wow. And Spencer's on it, too. He did some percussion and backing vocals on it. I'm pretty sure that Bob Ludwig just retired because I feel like I saw 100 articles about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bob Ludwig retires as the, yep, he announced his retirement on June 30th. God. On new mastering work as of June 30th. Boy, a career well spent. Yeah, so they got probably one of the last Bob Ludwig masters. Yep. For you, like, you know, tech who's behind the board people out there. It's great. It's a great master. Great sounding record. God bless Bob. God bless Bob Ludwig. He's done a lot of stuff. A whole lot of things. Oh, good. I'm glad that you feel that it's a pleasure. And again, if uh, anybody wants to uh, read my thoughts on Wilco, just type Morgan Enos Wilco, perhaps with uh, Grammy.com in there, and you'll see some stuff. I did an essential tracks list. I think I went up to like 22 songs or something crazy and did a blurb for each one. That's amazing. Yeah, and then I did the songbook for our songbook column. I broke down the discography. Then you could see my interview with Jeff around Cruel Country. I think those are the three Wilco pieces I've ever done. Well, do you have anything else you want to plug? Uh, no, not really. If you guys, if, if any listeners like jazz, jazz is my, uh, is my beat. I have, I'm a jazz columnist actually for London Jazz News overseas. Um, every week is a new interview with somebody in the New York jazz scene. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that road will lead to Nels because Nels is a very um, prominent avant-garde improvisatory guy in the scene. I've seen, I've kind of seen him around. It shows once or twice, but um. Yeah, that's the well. That's that's what I do. Straight ahead jazz of New York City, and then I, uh, I right, right now I'm, I'm reporting a piece on uh, Tom Waits' experimental years with all these interviews. Um, that's why that's why I'm interviewing Mark Rabo tomorrow. But um, all these people have been kind of I won't say muzzled, but I I think Tom for decades has wanted to preserve the mystery, and now with this campaign, they're re- remastered. Uh, Tom and Kathleen Brennan. Um, oversaw this remaster campaign for the period spanning like from swordfish trombones to I think bone machine. And uh, if he, all of them are uncorked now. So I'm talking like, I, and I grew up with weights way before I got into Wilco. Like I, I, I've been listening to rain dogs and stuff since I was a baby. So like, Oh, you played drums on that song. You know what I mean? Just 
people I've never even heard of, but uh, hoping to get David Hidalgo because I love Los Lobos. But um, so that's that's a real trip. So look out for that. And uh, but that's not Grammy.com. That's uh, Title Magazine, who I still write for. Got anything else before we let Meredith eat dinner? <laughs> I want to thank you for being a guest again. Anytime. I think this is the best one. I think this is the one. Yeah, I think so too. The the, the others were warm ups. Mm-hmm. All yeah. 60 of them. That's right. It's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me up. Well, wasn't that a nice conversation? It was. It was very, very personable and friendly. It's what happens when you have conversation with people you've known for a really long time. You get to talk about music. It's good times. It is. All right. We have a new review up on Apple Podcasts, so thank you to, I believe it was Cat Mandui. Thank you for that. We love to hear from you guys. We love it. It's wonderful. Email all the things that we tell you to do in the outro that will come right after we say goodbye to you. All that stuff. Yes. All the things. We like it. Engage with us on Instagram. It's fun. When you guys comment on our stuff and we get to have a little mini conversation, it makes our hearts swell. It's really what this is all about. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, Mary, I forgot to tell you something. Did you forget to tell me? That Wilco will love you, Mary. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. It's pretty cool. Wilco will love you too, Meredith. What? It's true. That's so nice. They genuinely are. surprised me there. It was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Wilco will love you too, listeners. Of course. Listeners, I don't think we said hi to you at the beginning of this episode, listeners, but that's okay. Hi. Hello, listeners. Hi and now bye. And goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wilco Will Love You is co-hosted by me, Mary McLean Mellis. And me, Meredith Hobbs-Coons. It is edited by Greta Stromquist and Meredith Hobbs-Coons and hosted by Simplecast with theme music by Adam Nash. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode.